I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. All right, this is The Big Douglas Show. Please subscribe, rate, and review the pod. Today, our special guest is Eric Bickle from the Sports Junkies. EB, thanks for hopping on today. Hey, my pleasure. How are you? I'm doing fine. Uh, you are still on vacation, so I really appreciate you doing this. So this is a uh, a friend zone. So do you listen to the show while you're not on the show? Uh, actually, no. <laughs> no, I mean, we've been doing it long enough that uh, I know those boys are fine. I don't need to worry about it. Um, yeah, I just want to relax, get away, spend some time with the family. So I haven't really checked in, not even one second. <laughs> That's that's good because we're gearing up for a long season. You guys have been doing this since 96, if I did my homework right. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that's certainly on the radio. I think we started in cable access maybe around 95, maybe late 94, early 95, something like that. Yeah. And, and you guys all knew each other. This is not something that a, a, a network put together. Absolutely. Yeah, we all grew up together. So. Uh, JP Cakes and I grew up together, and then Jason and I went to DeMatha together. Uh, and then, you know, we all sort of hung out at different points in college. JP and I went to Maryland. Cakes went to Towson. Lurch went to an odyssey of different schools. Um, but, you know, we still hang out. And, uh, yeah, so we always kept in touch. But the three of us grew up together, and I've known JP and Cakes since I was three years old. And was it one particular person's? baby this show or was it you guys all came up with it kind of together well i have to say frankly it was um it was my mother-in-law's idea my future mother-in-law um my my future wife uh you know her, her mother said hey you know we've got uh some local guys around here in the neighborhood that do a political show eric you should you and your buddies should do a sports show all you have to do is uh pay taxes you know you guys live in Bowie. you can have a cable access show and so I thought that sounded fun. And I've always been, you know, a huge kind of like radio nerd, sports radio nerd. I was the guy that would write like letters to the editor, of the sports page, you know, in the, in the Washington Times, that kind of thing. And so uh, I was working on my master's at the time and I wasn't particularly inspired by it. JP was in law school. I don't think he was super, you know, inspired by it. So I said, hey, let's check this out. First of all, what we did is we grabbed a, uh, like an old VHS camera. And we put it up in his uh, parents' office. And we said, let's just see if we can riff for five minutes. I think we talked about like Dan Marino or something. And uh, we did it. And we said, all right, I think we could do this. And then we just, we went to the city hall. And they said, yeah, all you got to do is learn how to use the equipment. And anybody can have a show. So they gave us one day. Um, my, my future father-in-law and mother-in-law helped work the cameras. My sister worked the cameras. Uh, we had just friends and family uh, helping us. And we did a show once a week and we did it for almost a year and no one watched it. I mean, it was a channel that literally nobody watched, but we would watch it. And we thought, you know what, this isn't horrible. Maybe we should send out tapes to some media critics and maybe, you know, they'll write an article about it. maybe like, you know, a radio station will call us. And sure enough, we sent out three tapes and Dick Keller from the Washington Times was the only one that responded. He loved it. Wrote an article about it in the Washington Times on a Saturday. I should memorize the date because the date changed our lives. 
And I remember going out to the driveway to pick up the paper and because I knew the article would be in there. I was blown away. And about an hour later, we got a call from 1067, uh, which at the time was WJFK. And they had just gotten the Redskin rights and they were looking for some programming on the weekends to surround their games. And, you know, we'd be cheap, obviously. And they said, would you guys consider coming in and chatting? So we came in, we got all dressed up in suits and everything. And we had a talk and they said, you want to do a demo live on the air? And we said, sure. And uh, it just kind of went from there. And they went, oh, that didn't suck. You want to come back next week? We said, sure. And we just kept doing that. And I uh, had a blast with it. And it got to a point where a year later, they offered us a full-time gig. And we all kind of quit our other gigs at the time. And we just went all in. And it's been 25 years now. They said uh, Louis Armstrong only started singing because playing the trumpet for that long just kills your embouchure and your lips. I'm curious, you guys are kind of the first ones that incorporated more than sports. Was that on purpose or just kind of the way things went? I think it was a product of where we were. Remember, we started at WJFK and we've been very fortunate. We never had to go all around the country. We never had to go like work in Salisbury or go work in Iowa or, you know, some smaller station. We worked at a massive radio station in town and it was a guy talk station. It wasn't a sports talk station. It was guy talk during the week, right? So you had Howard Stern, you had G Gordon Liddy, you had Don and Mike, guy talk. And then on the weekends, sports talk. So we were heavily influenced. I was a huge Stern fan. I was a huge Don and Mike guy. Um, it was still, you know, amazing to me to go into that building and, and work at a station that I listened to, you know, my entire adult life, you know, uh, it blew me away. Um, so we were heavily influenced by that. And we wanted to keep that guy talk audience on the weekends when we did our sports show. So we said, we'll just do a blend. You know, we'll, we'll do a blend. We'll do guy talk, but we'll have fun stuff. You know, we'll try to incorporate women to call in. We'll do some of the, you know, we did everything. We did all the stripper pole stuff and the porn star stuff. We did it all. Um, and the whole idea was we had this huge audience there. Let's not just lose half of it. Let, let's keep the guys that like the shtick and the nonsense. Cause we like that too. We were young guys. Um, Let's keep that too, but then let's also build this thing and the sports be our core. And that's kind of how it worked out. You guys had, if I'm not mistaken, the opportunity to do something with ESPN. Did you guys decide not to do it or did that fall through? We had, we had a lot of little opportunities here and there, um, but we went through a very, very detailed process with ESPN. We met with uh, their president at the time a program mark shapiro is a big you google him he's a big time dude uh programming guy he was kind of known as the jesus at espn at that time um we had a meeting with the jesus we had a big uh demo that we did i think there was a crew of like 17 people we did where they if you know right there in manhattan where they filmed if you remember the old show cold pizza i think yep. it might be the same similar studios where Maybe they did their ABC stuff, their morning shows. I'm not sure. I can't remember the address, but a big time uh, studio there. And frankly, we killed the audition. Did an amazing job. We got a standing ovation from the crew. I'll never forget. The guy said, I've never seen that before. And then when it came down to contract negotiations, we've been very open about this through the years. They wanted us to quit radio. And at that time, we were pretty handsomely paid for being. See, JP's more anal about these dates than I am. We, so we were at HFS at that time. 
So we were about 29, 30 years old. We were making pretty good money. Right. And then to, to ask us to quit radio, which is where our bread was buttered, and then put us, look, I, I know how the TV game works. You put me on TV and if people don't like it, you're canceled in two weeks. Now what do I have? Now I got nothing. Yeah. So make a long story short, we fought back and forth, back and forth. They wanted us to move to Orlando potentially so we could do the show from Disney headquarters. They acquiesced and said we could do our radio show if we then filmed it in the afternoon. So we, we thought we had an agreement, but, you know, frankly, we asked for double um, what they wanted us to do for and the amount of time. I don't think people understand the amount of time, like even these dumb shows, which I don't even watch. I mean, I'm only jealous of the money they make, but I just don't sit around and watch like Stephen A or any of these guys. But um, the amount of time and preparation that's put into those with the B-roll, the producers want to know exactly what topics you're going to talk about each segment because they, they want to have that B-roll behind. They want to know what you're going to bring up. There's a lot of preparation. And, you know, for our radio show, we prepare, but our life is our preparation, right? So. Right. You know, we're news junkies, we're sports junkies, we know what we're going to talk about. And uh, the amount of preparation and time that was going into making this TV, and then they wanted to pay us like half of what we were making in radio. We're like, no, we're not doing that. Right. You know, so at the end of the day, it, it broke down over contracts. Um, so there's a part of me that regrets it because who knows where we could have gone from there, to be completely honest. Um, but I never really, really had a dream. I never had a dream to work in TV. I mean, you know, my, I actually always loved radio. That's always been my dream. It, so, it probably was a little early because now everybody's got their TV and, and radio gigs that they're able to keep together. Uh, I'm curious. You were talking about the planning and preparation. Do you guys start off the show like with an with an order of who's going to speak first? So, I mean, over time you're going to jumble things up and talk with each other. It happens. Uh, but do, do you start off with an order? How does that kind of work? Not really. I mean, for the most part, we just kind of agreed that uh, JP will do the intros and the outros. Lately, just to mix it up, we've had like cakes half the days. He'll do the intros and the other half of the days, JP will. But for the most part, we know who's going to set it up. Um, the producers will set us, uh, send us an outline the night before. We have a rough sort of idea of what topics we might want to hit. Um, and then, you know, we have the flexibility. We talk about whatever we want. So the outline is there for us. If we want to go by it, we go by it. Um, and we, these days, we pretty typically do. Um, but, of course, we can, we can turn and we can do whatever we want. And that, that's kind of – we've always had that flexibility and that freedom. And I think, you know, that's one of the reasons why we still enjoy doing it because we still have a tremendous amount of freedom. With that freedom, I'm curious, is there – you know, you guys are asked to read copy all the time. It's the business. It's how you get paid. Has there ever been a copy that you were like, no, I'm not reading that? Um, I'm not as strict about stuff like that. There might be one or two things that JP's been sort of uh, upset about. He like, you know, he doesn't want to do like an NRA ad or something. Um, but I think generally, no, if we complain about anything, we might just complain being kind of divas about how poorly written we might think something is, you know, because okay. it's hard when someone writes something for you, they're writing in your voice. Right. But everybody has their own voice, their own cadence, their own way of speaking. And, uh, you know, if you, if you get a little lack of sleep and you get a little tired, you might complain about something like that. Right. Right. Uh, one last one on the business side of things. Uh, I'm curious if people have reached out to you guys to do separate podcasts away and what your feelings are on that. You know, um, 
we have contractual obligations. So, you know, without getting too far into it, you know, for the most part, we have to get permission from the station. They would want us to do the podcast for them. Um, I think, and I don't know the exact language because every contract is different, but um, I think in this most recent iteration of our contract, we kind of have to ask them for approval. If they want it, they'll run it. Um, basically, to be completely honest with you, we've tried to keep the podcast thing as something in our back pocket that whenever our time is done in radio and we're going to start up our own podcast, that's probably what we'll do. I did a lacrosse podcast with a buddy of mine, um, but that's no threat to anything. It's a very niche thing. But the four of us doing a podcast together, we're kind of saving that. That's our that's our that's our uh, par- our golden parachute. That's our golden parachute. So, like, listen, we've worked 25 years in radio. And, you know, to be completely frank with COVID and everything, you know, there's half the people in cars that it used to be. You never know, right? So we're just kind of keeping that podcast thing as our as our baby, as our golden parachute. We'll do that on our own when need be. Um, but in the meantime, we love working for, you know, Odyssey. We love working for 106.7 The Fan. It's a blast. Uh, as long as they'll keep paying us, we'll keep doing it. You have two championship rings. Do you wear them? You know, I used to wear them all the time. <laughs> But I haven't worn them lately. I just started, I, I guess I started feeling a little sheepish about it. But I wore them all the time. I'm like, yeah, they gave us the rings. Why wouldn't I wear it? But then after a while, it does become a little gaudy, a little crazy. Um, are they heavy? But, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. And they are uh, – they're the real McCoy, too. They're, they're very, very cool. It, it, it's an awesome thing to be a part of. Look, the reason why we got it is because we work at the radio station that owns the rights. That's the only reason. Um, but – it's still cool to be a part of it. Absolutely. Well, let's yeah. get into some sports real quick while I got you here. Which franchise in the district right now do you think is best set up for future success? Wow. You hit me with the hardcore stuff on my vacation. You know, <laughs> typically, typically I, I would say the Nats, but the way they just imploded their roster, you know, and I trust Mike Rizzo. I think he's as good a GM as anybody. Not that I'm an expert, but it, it certainly seems to me that that guy's as good as anybody in the game. So I, I don't think that there'll be a super long rebuilding period, but in terms of immediate success, caps are always competitive. You can never discount them. There's a weird part of me that wants to say, you know, Washington football team. There's a weird part of me that wants to say, I like the way this group is setting up. Don't, I understand there's a little bit of question mark at quarterback. We got a journeyman there. I happen to like him. I'd rather have a guy that's going to sling it, take chances, than a guy like Alex Smith the last couple of years who everyone loves. Great guy, great story, but just refused to take chances and move the sticks. Um, If it wasn't for him, if we had a little bit more consistent quarterback, and our schedule I do think is somewhat daunting, um, I think they got a real shot, though, for, you know, to go to the playoffs and, 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 and make some waves. In terms of year after year success, I think you would have to say the Caps. But I, I, there's a part of me that's super excited about what the Washington football team is putting together. We'll wrap with Washington and the football team in a minute. Let's do this with the hockey team. Where does Ovechkin sit on the Mount Rushmore of D.C. sports athletes? Yeah, I, I'm certainly not the authority on things like this, but – 
he's he's right up there. I don't know who could be much higher. I don't know who could be much higher. Uh, I you know it also I think it depends on your age. Um, you know we've kind of kicked this around. I mean I think a guy like John Riggins has got to be up there. Maybe Wes Unseld. You know right. there there, we, there are some old maybe Daryl Green. Uh, there may be quite a few sunny, maybe there are quite a few, you know, football guys that you could put up there. Um, but I'm not sure any of them are as great in their sport as Alex is in his, right? So he brought a championship here at times. You could make the argument. He was the best player in his sport MVP in his league. He's gotta be, he's gotta be one, two or three. I'd think. Quickly on the wizards, Tommy Shepard, you don't, the two biggest contracts that everybody said, there's no way you can leave those contracts. He needs to get credit for What do you think about Tommy? I actually really like what he's done. You know, even though he's been around and he kind of learned under Ernie, um, he's not afraid to shake it up. I kind of really like what they did this off season. There's a part of me that hated to see Russell go because I love his energy. I mean, there's parts of his game that make you crazy. Like, how can you be in a league as long as he is and and struggle shooting, you know, as much as he does at times? But his energy is unbelievable. I think it's great for everyone. I think even Brad did an interview where he talked about that's something that he learned from Russ, just about his energy that he brought every day, every practice, and no games off. And, he, you know, he had to really get to that level. And I think you've seen Brad's game flourish you know, partly because of that. Um, but I'm a huge fan of what Tommy's done so far. I mean, the proof is in the pudding and, and, and the product that they put out there. Um, the record was pretty mediocre last year, but they shook it up. Now they're shaking it up again. It looks like they're really building around Brad. And I, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited for them. Yeah, I mean, if the, if the new coach brings in any kind of defense, which is what he's known for, I mean, that's really what this team has lacked. To your point, Russ is one of those superstars that we really haven't had a ton of in the district. You can kind of feel the energy that he brought from like a true superstar status, really. Yeah. And it's a shame that it wasn't at a time where fans could really go and appreciate it. Right. right? Can you imagine 20,000 fans in DC going crazy? Um, I think he really could have taken basketball to another level here. Basketball is big time here. People forget, you know, hoop is big here and you know, we get frustrated with the Wizards. And I know as I get older, I don't have that much tolerance for losing. You know, I mean, I just, I, I got kids and colleges and I got a lot of stuff to do. And if you're just going to lose all the time, I'm not going to pay that much attention to you. So really the only team that I hang in there with throughout all the losing is Washington football team. And, and even them by about week eight or nine, if they, you know, if they're like two and seven or three and six or something, I start to bail on them. You know, I, I just, Life's too short. I don't have time for all this, you know. But um, and the Wizards, I feel like they've lost a little of my attention the last couple of years. So I I, I want to get that back. I want to get back into that. All right, let's wrap with the football team. Uh, if you're on record, I haven't seen it. Do you have a, a favorite in the clubhouse for the new name? I don't really. I think they're all terrible. Um, I really do. And. and we were lucky enough with name drop that, you know, we had dinner with uh, Jason Wright and uh, that was one of the primary things he was brought here to do was to usher in this new name, new stadium, new name. I don't envy him because it, you know, I mean, you saw what happened. You're never going to be right on that thing. right? Everyone's going to hate it. 
and, and we talked about it. And, you know, I recommended to him, just drop the name, just whatever it is, just, just drop it on us. Don't right. enough of the, enough of the polls, enough of the, you know, whittling yep. down because we're not going to be happy with any of them. Just, just drop it on us and then start winning football games. And we'll let, I mean, look at the number of people that are willing to accept Washington football team at this point. It's shocking because people just don't want to deal with it. I think it's pretty universal, though. I'll be honest with you. This is this this might sound offensive to some, you know, Washington football fans, but I don't really like burgundy and gold. I mean, it, it represents the Redskins to me, so I, I I respect it, and I will keep the colors. And I'll, but. They're not my favorite colors. The only thing they're good for is they don't match with anything. I hate, you know, I hate them in in that sense. But I think you have to keep the colors. I love what they did with the helmets. I think the jerseys look nice and clean. I think they look great the the way they are right now. Now, if they just had a nice name to cap it off that wasn't too boring, then they might have something. But I don't know. Do you have a favorite? I always just felt they were going to stick with Washington football team. I mean, they, they, it, anytime they start paying for stuff, you know, like signage at the park and out in Ashburn, like those guys don't like wasting money. I will say this. I had Fred on smooth on a couple of weeks ago and, you know, he's a huge wolves proponent and it, it kind of, made, he, he made a point to me that kind of made me start leaning away from it being Washington football team for guys like us of a certain age, as they say, like, I don't care. I'll root for whatever it is. I've been rooting for the team for a long time. I just want them to win ball games. But the rebrand is not for guys like us. It's for, you know, our kids. You know, little kids aren't going to get it. Young, young fans aren't going to get excited about rooting for the football team. So I don't know. Maybe it is the Wolves just because I think it's easy to rebrand around young, young people that way. I don't know. Whatever I think the biggest thing your point is I wish they'd do it. Two years was too long. Yeah, just drop it on us. We'll accept it, and especially if they're winning. That's right. Is this the best roster they've had? In, when's the last time the roster was this good? I don't know. It feels that way to me. Um, I, again, I'm getting older, and I'm losing my memory. I mean, I, we've certainly had – you know, we did have some years there with Kirk where he put up some numbers, and they moved the chains, and they did score some points. You know, we, we do quickly forget that. And then – you know, for all of the problems Robert had, 2012 was magical in that second half of the year, you know, and there was some talent. Uh, it, it, it still kind of breaks my heart what happened to Robert because, you, you know, that injury it, that yeah. injury, and then that, that sort of unwillingness to keep playing that style. He's probably right. His body probably couldn't handle it, but he couldn't handle that other style either. You know, if, he, if his body could have handled playing the style of football that he came into the league with, even though a lot of people said that the league would adjust, et cetera, they would, but I still think he would have had a, a, a pretty darn successful career and it would have ended up a lot better than it did. And I, I, I kind of feel sorry for him, to be honest with you. It, it was that, and people don't realize how true that story is, right? I mean, it was his unwillingness to continue with basically what is the whole league has moved to that, right? Yeah. Which is the crazy thing. We were just, I mean, the team was two years ahead of schedule with the rest of the league. Well, and everybody was so desperate for him to give that up. They said, oh, you can't win that way. Well, the whole league is doing it. They may not be doing it on every play, but they implement, you know, running or, uh, you know, um, they implement all that play action stuff. Yeah. 
at various times throughout the game. So the read and react, read option, whatever the hell they call it. Um, yeah. So it's a shame. But but you know what? He was probably right, too. His body wasn't built that way. Let's be honest. Robert Griffin III, if God had his way, probably was to be that hurdler, that sprinter, right? He yeah. was a track star, right. yeah. a freak track star, who also yeah. was a great athlete who they molded into a quarterback. Yeah. Let's wrap with this, Evie, and I really appreciate your time today. You guys interview people. It's what I do here on this show. Harder to interview front office type guys, GMs, coaches, or players, or working your way through callers calling in, because that's got to be an interesting way to, to make a living, too. They're all different. I mean, we like to get the interaction with the callers. So we used to do a lot more than when we were coming up. Um, and the callers can be terrible, but that's when your talent shines. Like, what are you going to pull out of this guy? All right, this guy doesn't have it together, but all right, now let's let's talk to him a little bit. Let's find out where this guy's coming from. That That's how I always like to approach it. So I enjoy taking callers, even the terrible ones. I know that like Drab and Valdez, our producers, they get upset sometimes. They're like, the callers are terrible. And I go, yeah, but that's great. Like, I love a, a terrible caller. We can work with them maybe. Um, players, I would probably say, are probably the most difficult because they're the most boring. Um, that might seem counterintuitive to you, but they're players. They're, they don't care about being entertaining. They don't care necessarily about being informed on certain things. They just, they're just players, right? They don't. So sometimes I find it's very hard to get them unless they're dynamic, you know, and there are some dynamic personalities that are great, like Smoot. Like nobody's better than Smoot. He's unbelievable. Right. But most aren't like Smoot. Um, and then coaches and GMs, I find they can be amazing, but usually it's when they're working in media because they're not going to give you anything when they're working for the team, right? right. Very rare that a guy will give you something. One of the reasons why I love Jay and, you know, Jay probably was miscast as a head coach, but man, he was so revealing in his interviews and his press conferences. Um, he was just so brutally honest at times that I loved him. I love Jay Gruden. I would have kept, keep bringing Jay back because to me it was entertaining. Um, but, you know, like Ron Rivera, gr super nice guy, not a great interview, not going to give you anything. It's just right. not going to give you anything. You know, and we, I mean, we had Bruce Allen on and Bruce is a buffoon. That's a separate story, but Bruce, he, he wasn't going to give you anything. You know, a GM is not going to give you anything right, while they're employed. So each of them have their own sort of characteristics. Uh, I probably prefer to have an ex player, an ex coach, an ex GM than a current one. A current one's more just like, Oh, that's pretty cool. I got to interview, you know, whoever I mean, you know, Steph Curry, that was pretty cool. But for the most part, probably not going to give you that much. What I lied out. Let's wrap on this one. What makes for a good season for the Washington football team, in your opinion? Uh, I think they got to get to the playoffs. Yeah. I, I think they have to get to the playoffs. I know that they went last year at seven and nine, and we kind of forget that, that it was a losing season. You know, I went on record. I, I think I have them at 10, 10 and six. At one point, I went crazy. Or no, it. 10 and seven, whatever the hell, it's 17 games now. At one point, I think I went crazy and gave him 11 wins, but you know, you're just pure, pure speculation. Nobody knows, sure. but uh, I like the pieces that they have. Like I told you at the beginning of this, I think that I think offensively they're going to surprise people and they're going to be games where Fitz is going to throw three picks and he's going to have a couple fumbles and he's going to do something stupid. And we're going to have to grin and bear it. 
But I do think there are going to be games where he forces the ball downfield and McLaurin has a big day and maybe Deami Brown has a big day. Maybe Logan Thomas has a big day. The kind of big days that we haven't had here in a few years. Um, so I'm really excited about that. The defense, I think it speaks for itself, right? I, I like what they did, adding, adding some help there in the secondary. Hopefully Landon Collins, you know, steps up his play. has been a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, they said um, he's healthy this year, so we'll see about that, I hope. Yeah, yeah. So I, I – I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic, man. If it wasn't for what I consider to be a fairly daunting schedule in terms of when you look at the quarterbacks we play. Oh boy. Yeah. You, they, but you know, you never know. Like we will always look at the schedule and go, okay, that's a win. That's probably a loss. But it never plays out that way. I've that's done right. this long enough to know you cannot predict, but I do think that they're going to be exciting. I think they're going to put points on the board and I think they're going to be fun to watch. And frankly, at this point, I, I'll almost settle for that, but it's not going to be good enough. Still got to get to the playoffs. I'm with you. Ten, ten wins in the playoff is what they got to do. Yeah. At EB Junkies every morning on 106.7, this was a real pleasure for me, but I appreciate it. Oh, anytime. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you, Doug. I appreciate that. Thank you, buddy. That was great. Yep, yeah, appreciate it. I'll uh, retweet it or whatever whenever you put it out there. Just, just right, to CC me or whatever. I'll do it. Yeah, all right. Thank you, bud. Thank you.